Welcome to Behind the Bob, Diary of a Comms Director with me, Carrie-Anne Wade. This podcast is all about developing communications leaders of the future and supporting you to grow and thrive in your comms career. You'll hear from me about my experiences and insights, and there might even be a special guest or two popping up. So I hope you enjoy. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the latest episode of Behind the Bob. Honestly, I'm going to do something that my partner in collaboration and co-host for How to Take the Lead, Lee, will probably roll her eyes at if she listens to this episode of Behind the Bob. And that's mentioned the weather. I know, I feel like I might have missed my calling. Perhaps I was meant to be a weather person, who knows. But seriously, what is going on? I literally started recording an episode of the podcast when it was absolutely lashing with rain outside, blowing almost a gale and now we are brilliant sunshine and finally starting to feel like summer might be here, although I am frightened that I've blinked and missed it. I hope I haven't jinxed the good weather even more by mentioning it and I will not waste any more time digressing on the weather front but I wanted to give you a bit of context as to what I'm feeling like and where I am in terms of recording this episode, the podcast. Anyway, I'm going to get on with things. Uh, I asked listeners a while back what sort of topics you wanted me to cover and what you'd be interested in hearing about from the point of view of a communications director and demonstrating the value of communications to your board and in your wider organisation came in almost top of the list. I'm not surprised as many of the communicators I work with tell me this and I have been known myself to bemoan the fact that others don't always understand the value we add as communications professionals. So in this episode I'm going to share some of my own experiences and some of the things that have worked for me in terms of demonstrating the value of communications in your own organisations. So first up, I wanted to start by talking about relationships and the importance of building them. Whenever I join a new organisation, I make it a priority to meet with leaders as part of my induction to gain an understanding of what really matters to them. Of course, there will be themes that come up and they will highly likely be focused on the key strategic objectives and priorities for the wider organisation, or at least I hope those themes will be. But what matters to each individual leader based on their portfolio or discipline or their experience might have a slightly different slant. And that's the bit that you really need to understand in terms of where you can add value to those leaders and what they're trying to achieve. Recruitment and retention, for example, is highly likely to be on the HR director's agenda, but will also be on the finance directors, the chief executives and the operational lead but all with a slightly different angle. Understanding this and demonstrating how communications approaches can be tailored to suit these differing needs will help you to gain the trust and credibility with those different leaders in your organisation as you are showing that you not only understand the priorities but also the nuances associated with them. A recent example in my own organisation has been around our workforce transformation programme Some colleagues actually have seemed surprised when we've asked who are we trying to target as it will mean that we do take a different approach rather than assuming one size fits all and we're aiming to communicate with the dreaded everyone. I know that's a nightmare for communications professionals when you try to talk about who you're targeting with your actions and your communication and it's everyone. 
And then you're like, no, seriously, who are we trying to target? Everybody. That can't possibly be the case. And the ability to be able to niche down and really focus in on who you're targeting will help you to deliver your communications approach and therefore the objectives of that wider program or piece of work. And that's been working really well for us as a communications team for our workforce transformation program because we are taking different approaches and sharing slightly different content for differing audiences. It's really been able to help us demonstrate our value um, to HR leads and operational leads across that transformation program, which has been brilliant. I mentioned getting to know the leaders in your organisation when you're new and you've just joined, but building and maintaining those relationships is crucial in terms of demonstrating value. There are a few key questions you can ask yourself here to test this out for you and your organisation. Is communications on the agenda for key meetings? And I don't just mean at the end as part of any other business or worse still, after any other business when people are trying to leave the meeting and you're coughing politely and saying we haven't actually managed to talk about communications yet. I'm sure we've all been there at various different points. Recently in my organisation, I've agreed with my chief executive that communications will be a standing item on the agenda of the executive management team weekly meeting. And it's not near any other business. It's not at the end of the meeting. It's high up on the agenda right at the beginning. It's not just an opportunity for me to brief the executive management team and seek their input on communications issues from my point of view, but it's also a good opportunity for those to brief me who maybe have got things going on that have communications implications that they've just not really thought about, not thought to mention to me or my team. So it's been an excellent opportunity to nudge other senior leaders in the organisation to think about comms more regularly and, and to build those relationships and demonstrate the value adds. Another key question around meetings, are you in the right ones? Are you in the meetings you need to be in in order to be able to influence? Raise the profile of communications and demonstrate your value. And would you benefit from having regular time or touch points with key leaders, whether that's attending their director or departmental senior team meetings or setting up specific and consistent time in their diaries for you to have a specific communications catch up? Basically, what I'm trying to say is don't just check in with people once at the start of your journey in an organisation, never to make the effort to do it again. Being part of and facilitating these conversations will provide you with rich insight into where communications can have the biggest impact and will ensure communications is seen as a core part of how the organisation operates. I recently saw an interview with Barack Obama where he said something that really resonated with me in terms of relationship building, profile and demonstrating value. He was talking about the fact that there are many people who pride themselves in and market themselves as being problem solvers, as being experts in telling people what the issues are with things, what's going wrong, what the dramas are. And Barack Obama basically said that he's looking for solutions, not problems when he's a leader. And he wants people to come to him and say, let me deal with that. So rather than just talking about the problem, they're trying to take that problem away and find a solution. This really resonated with me because I feel like as a leader, I actually take notice of those people who come with the solution and take things off of my desk and deal with them for me proactively. It's something that I find really impressive. And I also think it's something that communications professionals are really good at. And it's probably why we get asked to support 
many things that sit outside of our remit as professional communicators. So although we've talked in the boundary setting episode, and I'm sure we'll talk in further episodes about the fact that we don't have to say yes to everything, there is also definite value to be added when you are demonstrating to other leaders that you are able to resolve problems and take things off of their agenda that will really help them out and demonstrate that you are adding value. Now, I don't need to tell any of you this as you're all experienced communicators, but these conversations and this relationship building is so linked to impact over outputs. And I'm going to say that again, impact over outputs, demonstrating the impact our communications expertise will bring that is aligned to the impact the organisation wants to have is crucial to demonstrating our value. We need to make sure that any communication strategies, plans, whatever we want to call them, are aligned to the organisational or programme objectives in terms of what that organisation wants to deliver. How many times has someone in your organisation come to you to tell you that they need a newsletter, a website, a sub-brand, a logo, a screensaver, insert any number of comms output here? And how many times have you challenged them constructively and taken them back to what it is they're trying to achieve before determining the methods and channels that will be used? I'm hoping the answer here is always, but I'm a realist and I also know that when you work in a busy and demanding environment with sometimes, shall we say, challenging customers or colleagues, it can be easier to just go along with that initial ask and design the screensaver or send the tweet. But if this is a regular occurrence, then our value as communicators is diminished as it becomes completely operational and task or output focused rather than strategic and impact focused. Understanding the person's why and going right back to what it is they're actually trying to achieve will determine when and how communications can add that value. Are we trying to change the behaviour of a certain group of people to encourage them to do something differently? Are we trying to increase the number of people accessing a certain service? Do we want people to stop following one process and start using a new one? Whatever we do as communicators should be working towards achieving the goals of the project or programme so that we can truly show how we are adding that strategic value. How we then do this is where our technical expertise, methods and tools come in. So we should always be advising our colleagues outside of communication on the most effective channels to use rather than them telling us. I know that some colleagues see this as a bit of a hindrance as they're keen to get on and send out that newsletter or record that podcast, whatever it may be, and see comms professionals asking those questions and really trying to understand the ask as delaying progress. But once we can start to demonstrate the impact that we have, then it's easier to get them on side. That's why I will always advocate for communications being around the table at the start rather than being invited as an add-on at the end of a programme. Again, I know this can be a challenge as some colleagues just want to see physical outputs to tick the box and say that the comms has gone out. You can't see my bunny ears here, but I'm sure you would have been doing the same. An example for me would be the time a clinical lead was convinced the best way to communicate a workforce change was to set up and record a new podcast series. Despite not taking the initial comms advice around this, and there was so much, let's be frank, the feedback from the target audience soon spoke volumes when the workforce impacted said that's not how they wanted to receive the information and engage with us. I bet we've all got many of these examples. Sometimes I know we have to deliver outputs almost to disprove the rationale, 
that's coming from those operational leads or other professionals outside of communication. But let's try not to waste too much of our time and energy on that if we don't have to. And for me, this is where evaluation comes in. Being able to show with quantifiable data what works and what doesn't from a comms point of view is so important. If we can demonstrate the biggest impacts we can have, then that's brilliant. And in my experience, being able to demonstrate what doesn't work is often as useful as demonstrating what does. I had a spell in one organisation when every new idea and initiative wanted its own intranet page. By being able to routinely show what content got the best engagement on the intranet through our stats, we were able to convince a number of leads that the effort required to set up new pages wouldn't work anywhere near as well as using our already established internal staff newsletter. Being able to demonstrate that with actual data, with facts and figures, was a really helpful way to get those people to see our point of view and again to demonstrate the value that we can add. Ensuring that our evaluation measures are agreed at the start of projects and are consistent is so helpful, especially in getting the wider organisation to understand how we work as a service and what to expect from us. And ensuring these measures are not only about number of views, click-throughs, etc., but if possible, linked to the wider measures and evaluation for the project, it's also a great way to demonstrate our value. Of course, as well as the projects we are involved in, we're also delivering a huge amount of business-as-usual activities. The team performance report is a great way to capture this and can be shared beyond your comms team with the wider organisation. Ours are available on our internet section for anyone who's interested, for example. My word of warning here, though, would be to ensure that your performance report is useful. Spend time discussing what the data is actually telling you and work out whether this can help you to improve or change your practice as a team. The performance report is not helpful if it's just pages of numbers that nobody bothers to look at or discuss. Both the evaluation and the performance reporting can also help you to produce things like a comms team annual report where you can showcase the specific contribution communications has made to delivering the organisational strategy and use this to educate the board and wider leaders. I must give a shout out to Ross Wiggum in Northumbria who many moons ago, probably pre-Covid, shared a copy of his comms annual report with me which I took great pride in upcycling obviously with my own team's data in it. And when I presented this to my board, they fed back their astonishment and pleasure at all of the priorities the team had supported, as many of them had no idea how much value we were adding, and in some cases, what expertise we were actually bringing to the organisation. They mostly saw the media handling side of things, but never really understood our role in things like staff reward and recognition, stakeholder engagement, events, and all of the other projects that the team was delivering on. I could talk about this topic for so long, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to reflect on how you are demonstrating value and what opportunities you might be able to create to do more of this. A few final words of advice based on my own experience would be never be afraid to say no. If you know there is no real value add from communications being involved in something. Remember, we can only be as good as the input we get from other people. The amount of times I find myself saying we can help you to have an impact there but we will be reliant on you to give us the content we need to do that never fails to amaze me. Be aware of and consider the influence you can have as a communicator. It's our role to advise, facilitate, offer counsel and often hold the mirror up to our organisation. 
we get involved in so many different things across our organisations that we might actually surprise ourselves as well as others with how and where we add that value. And to finish, never underestimate your worth. I reminded my team fairly recently that despite what our 7,000 plus other colleagues may or may not think about being communications experts, because you know how many people believe they are, our team are the only people the organisation has purposefully employed to deliver communications, as we are the experts. We should feel proud of our profession and the value we add, own this and celebrate this. And if the opportunities aren't there for us to do that, then it's on us to create them. I hope this episode has given you a few things to reflect on in terms of how you can demonstrate the value that you add to your organisation as a communications professional and wider communications team. And I would love to hear from you some of your ideas and the ways in which you do this already. I look forward to catching up soon on the next episode of Behind the Bob. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Bob. I'd love for you to subscribe on your favourite podcast platform and leave a rating or a review. You can also engage with me over on the socials. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at catspjs underscore UK. Catch up soon.